All right, welcome to another episode. Uh, today, actually, we're going to do this uh, kind of by the book, and we're going to interview um, uh, founder of Podcast Chef, but also uh, founder of about half a dozen other businesses. The list is long. Uh, it's on his LinkedIn profile. Uh, but I want to talk to uh, our founder uh, and CEO, Sean, about uh, what makes some of the businesses he's running uh, hard to market which is uh, super interesting just in terms of the, the concepts um, that we run into because uh, we've been working, uh, both of us have had a long history in the service business space. So, uh, Sean, welcome back to the show for, I guess it's been a couple of months now. Um, happy to have you back on. Thank you, my friend. And as we've talked about quite a bit, one of the reasons for that is my family has expanded and grown by one. So my wife and I gave birth to our baby daughter, Lily, couple of weeks back so it's been quite the journey a lot to learn there as well but it's good to be back uh getting back into the routine and rhythm here a little bit so yeah i'm excited to talk more about this topic i think it's an important one obviously it's a lot about what you talk about on the show and it's a lot it's one of the bigger problems people are really trying to solve for because basically the more nuanced some of the work that you do or dare i say generic the harder it becomes to market for a whole, whole bunch of reasons and I think it's it's one that especially people when they're starting out are not necessarily expecting potentially to be as difficult as it is. And that was a bridge I had to cross. So and I very much went from probably starting more generically to getting more specific over time, which helped. So we could talk about that. And then uh, when you're speaking to that, all the other businesses that I've involved with, which is always too many. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, though. I've kind of started thinking with the end in mind and as we were getting ready to build new things like podcast chef that we built together started with the end in mind in terms of like all right how do i start with something that's more specific uh because it's more specific and more opinionated it becomes a lot easier for folks to understand what it is and whether or not they need it so we could talk a lot about that too awesome and i think uh, one of the places i want to start because um because why go with the easy stuff uh, you know, you've been doing this for a while. Fun let's, start with, let's start with the hard stuff. Um, you have um, in a lot of your businesses, and, and I think it's probably easiest to start with the product consulting sort of conversation. Um, you have a, a couple of meaningful problems, right? You have, uh, as a product consultant, you have a funnel um, that is very difficult because you have to educate a lot of folks all the way through the funnel. Buying intent is hard to find. It's hard to spot in terms of uh, your SEO stuff. So how do you approach uh, solving that problem? And and the obvious answer of podcasts can't be the first one. Uh, maybe it can, I guess. But uh, <laughs> how do you approach solving that problem? That's a great question. And it it triggers memories of mine that make for some hilarious stories. As I was trying to figure this out when I first went independent, which so when I first went independent, I started as a consultant, which is an area that a lot of people kind of get into when they first go independent. And the funny part about that is even the word itself, consultant, is super generic. As in, if you tried to have everyone try to define what that is or means, you're going to get a bunch of different definitions. And some people probably won't know. Probably a bunch of consultants don't know. But regardless, just the word consultant in and of itself doesn't make your job any easier. Then you try to add to it with what you do specifically, and that may or may not help. In my case, when I was starting out as a product consultant, which for everybody listening, the consulting expertise that I offer is specifically around B2B SaaS. So software as a service companies that sell their software uh, from them as a business to other businesses. 
just that alone was took me a while to figure out. <laughs> but way back when, when I was first starting out many years ago, I was having this conversation with someone in my network and they were several degrees removed from tech and software and the intimidating world that that can be for folks who aren't intimately familiar with it. And I was trying to describe for them what it was that I do, because that's a common thing in networking, right? So people that are consultants or selling their services or have a relationship-based business, right? For which now we offer solution through Podcast Chef uh, in order to help them with networking and business development and all that kind of stuff. So we've got a system for it, which is ultimately where I wound up. But back then, I didn't figure, I hadn't figured any of those things out yet. So it was all very much networking oriented. I was trying to have this conversation with this uh, with this woman in my network, and she kept asking me questions about what it is that I did. At the time, I just wasn't good at all describing it, but that was really so that she could have a better understanding who to connect me with. As I'm like, all right, what do you do so that I can think about who I know, who might need your help, right? That's generally speaking how the networking piece works. But she just kept asking me questions and I kept trying to describe it in different ways and we weren't getting any closer to each other. <laughs> so it, it made for a frustrating experience for me, for her, everybody involved. And I left the conversation without really hadn't made the kind of progress that I was hoping for. So that that stuff is is difficult right it's it can be hard and tricky to figure those things out so um long story short i can go into more detail about how i started figuring those out which for me i think was really catering to my audience and having a better understanding of who i'm speaking to and what their level of understanding of my world actually is as in i may not leap directly into i'm a b2b SaaS consultant because people may never have, the person that I'm speaking with may never have heard that terminology before. So I started doing things like asking questions back when they asked me what it is that you do. And I would ask, do you know what SaaS is? And then if they did, then I could verify that if I wanted, or I could go right into, well, I'm a, I, I work with SaaS companies. Like, do you know any? Or have you ever worked with any yourself or whatever? Like we can start right. having a conversation that's in my space, but I'm bringing them along with me, as opposed to trying to jump to the end, which I did in that conversation many years ago with my female friend uh, that went very poorly because of me, I can understand where they're coming from. So I can try to bring them to where I need them to be to actually have an understanding of what it is that I do. So um, I think long story short here, the it's a stepwise process in terms of you got to figure out like where you're at in the conversation or the marketing conversation or the content that you want to produce or whatever it is. And then try to get folks to ultimately where you need them to be to have a productive conversation around what it is that you do or how you may be able to help. So, I mean, and it's interesting, right? Because there's a certain amount and there's there's always going to be, particularly in the marketing space, there's a certain amount of grow your own clients. You have to help them along the way through that sales journey. But I think on the other side of it too is um, the moment you have somebody with a strong buying intent, you now have a different problem, Right. Um, you have to be able to speak to that exact buying intent. So how do you, you know, in your marketing campaigns for your business, how do you balance those two things where you've got a ton of maybe, you know, I would say the the 101 or the 201 style classes in your marketing with the the folks that are ready for the PhD program and they want to sign on and they want to get into SLAs and they want to talk specifics. How do you balance that? Yes. So I'm a data-driven person, engineer at heart you know, tech geek, whatever you want to describe it. So I love the T&E approach, as I often abbreviate it, the trial and error, where I may have something I want to do. Like, let's say I want to work with Fortune 500 companies as a B2B SaaS consultant. Great. Can I come right out of the gate and do that? Maybe, maybe not. 
right? So I need to figure out a way to systematically get to those folks first and foremost to start having conversations with them to see whether or not there's a need, if they have a problem that I could solve. If they have a problem that I can solve, do they believe that I'm someone that can solve it, right? Same type of thing where I'm taking this like stepwise approach to starting with the end in mind, right? I want to be that enterprise level consultant, but figuring out how we get from where I am, which is probably several steps at least removed from where I want to go. And then better understanding what steps in the process I need to take to get there. Now that's, you can do experiments like that. We have like a couple of categories. I personally started out helping small and like startup type businesses. And one of the reasons why I did that was because that's what I was doing at the time. So I had that experience. I had that credibility, which is helpful from a social proof perspective, but also that's who I had access to. I just, I was surrounded by startups. I was in that world. So it made it a lot easier for me to have those kind of conversations. Now, through iteration, as in working with them as my customers, providing services, I made a lot of progress along the way. And that's the T&E strategy. I think that is really helpful. I think there's a lot of content out there that could be misleading in terms of like, you need to come up with all of the details now. And then you, you know, you do that in, as just checking a box. And then once you check that box, then you just sell, sell, sell. And just like everything goes super well. It's not really the case. I think there's a lot more of the like putting the plane together in the air while you're flying it that anybody who's involved in business will tell you is a core component of the process. So getting comfortable with that, getting comfortable in that in those uncomfortable scenarios is really an important piece of it. And then as you are iterating, you start to pick things up along the way. As in like, I like working with client A, I don't like working with client B. Client C, I might like working with, but they don't really get it or they don't have like as pressing of a need. You start to figure out those combinations. And then with that data, I think that influences and then informs what you might do in terms of marketing yourself further, positioning yourself, and then figuring out, right, where do I want to be in terms of what I want to do, what I want my routine to look like, problems that I want to solve. And that influences all of the stuff that you can market around. So that's um, the the data driven approach. I mean, the the engineering kind of background that I know you have obviously is is and uh, shake it. One follows from the other. <clears throat> for the folks that are trying to figure this out uh, for the first time, um, that the the experimentation makes sense. But what what are the first set of kind of variables you grabbed onto when you were doing this to say, okay, listen. Uh, if I can do this right, then I can kind of move to the next step. What are the, uh, again, that data that you're grabbing onto, some of it in the beginning is like um, really poor quality or it's nebulous or it's like, I'm not really sure what to what to, to look for. Um, and then as you get more refined, I'm sure it changes and improves and you grab onto different handles on the machine, as it were. What yeah. What were your first handles and what are the ones you're using now? Great question. So I think a lot of people struggle with, as it's often referred to as this imposter syndrome, and especially when you're starting out and even more so if you're innovating. Like when I was starting as a product consultant, I couldn't find a lot of content out there about other people doing something similar. But what gave me the confidence in that was that I knew that I had done this successfully before, and I had seen people with the kind of problems that I could help them solve. So that gave me a level of confidence to give it a shot. Right. Because a bunch of people told me not to do it. Like a bunch of people are like, I don't even know what that is. I never heard of that. Good luck selling that. And I'm just like, I can't say I disagree at the moment uh, because I don't have the evidence. But because this sucks. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do have the level of confidence to know that I've solved these problems and I see other people with these problems. Lo and behold, many years later, I'm glad I took that path. But 
had I experimented with it and it didn't go well, I would have pivoted from that as well too. But regardless, you need to know like where you have your level of confidence and you need to be confident enough to move forward with this and commit to it for a period of time so that you can get some data and feedback to know whether or not it's working, whether or not you want to do it, right? And you're not going to know those things until you try. So I think an important first step is like, what value do you think you can bring and provide to which customers? And then anything that you can add to that is going to help in that process. What social proof, case studies, demonstrations of you having been able to do that successfully, do you have to pull from? Because that inevitably comes up in conversation when you're trying to sell anything. And then after you feel confident in that approach, see if you can get some customers. If you can get some customers, then you can get some at-bats. You can try it and evaluate how well it goes. If it starts to go well, then you're really onto something. And then that can influence what you position, how you position yourself, what you invest in from a marketing perspective. And at that point, it's really about more of the same. Like, how do I go back and find more of these customers that I've worked with? Where are they hanging out? Like, where are the so-called like watering holes where I can go and I can publish articles or I can create videos or I can record podcasts or whatever to get in front of them? It's really like thinking about it in that systematic approach, essentially. And that's how I got things started. You asked about kind of where I am now. So with where I am now, I've tried to become more and more specific over time. So there's not just who I will help and with what, but there's how I will do it that I've limited by as well. Also, like I used to do a lot of implementation related work, which were bigger projects, higher budgets, but they, I just got bogged down in the details and I wasn't able to make the kind of impact that I wanted to at the right level. So I pulled myself back up to the strategy level. And that has been much better in terms of what I want to do, how much value I think I can add, what the routine ultimately looks like, and the outcomes as well also. So you'll figure those things out along the way, and you'll just be constantly iterating around that model. But it'll, it should get tighter. It should get more comfortable. You should have more evidence of all of it, essentially having worked over time as you figure out kind of which path you want to go down. And then it's about you know figuring out how to share that message with as large an audience as you feel like you can to grow it to whatever level you want it to be at. So for me now, I'm investing in building content in multiple channels. And my biggest one by far is the podcast. That's been incredibly helpful. And you know that's where Podcast Chef essentially came from. But I'm recording essentially kind of like a daily episode now where I'm building software products of my own that my clients often come to me for help with coaching and consulting, and I'm sharing all those insights with them. So if you want to do it in self-service fashion, or you just want to kind of follow along because you're curious, you can do that because I'm sharing all this information publicly. That's been incredibly helpful for me to build the brand reputation, the authority, all that kind of stuff. And the podcast this is at the cornerstone of all of it. Realistically, I can have, you know, essentially like a asynchronous one-on-one conversation with anyone sharing these intimate level details so that they can understand what I know, the things I've been able to accomplish, how I think how I go about problem solving, all the things that if they're in my right target market audience, and if I continue to invest in producing this content, I'll make it easier for them to find me, that they can essentially verify for themselves whether or not they should continue to follow along with my help, or they should take advantage of some of the paid offerings or heavier options that I have available so that I can help them even more. Yeah. I think that's awesome. The, 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 the ability to then, um, leverage the content you already have or the stuff you're creating to then, I guess, collect field data as well as to what's performing well. So you can understand what messages are appealing to your audience. And, and I think in the beginning, when you first start out, like your only real litmus test, if you're doing it uh, for the first time, is you look at your bank account or whatever, and you go, yeah, I didn't get any checks this week. And that's a real problem because it's exactly looking at 
you're, you're looking at too much of the process. It sounds like the very first decision you made was actually not to be focused on that outcome, but instead focus on, am I having good conversations first? And then from those good conversations, am I able to turn any of them into a single piece of business? And then can I repeat that over and over again? Am I summarizing that correctly? Yeah, I think that's spot on. I mean, of course, you know, do what you have to circumstances uh, for yourself. But I was, I had a window uh, to be able to do some experimentation here. And and when I went independent, my earnings took a massive dip, like it went down considerably. And that was scary. Um, what I was able to do, though, is I was able to have successful experiments that built along the way. And I had a vision for if I'm able to continue here, I think I'm going to be able to figure out how to do better or make more or whatever. And eventually I was able to replace kind of the income that I had before and then exceed beyond that as well also. But really it was, I know this, I, I know that I want to get there, but that's several steps removed. How do I build a path from here to there? And yeah. what is that going to look like? And it never really plays out exactly like you designed it, of course. But if you've got a good vision for what the end in mind looks like for you, you can build a path to it um, with, you know, fair amount of luck. <laughs> awesome. And we'll leave it with a fair amount of luck because we're running out of time. And I want to make sure you get back to doing the other thing that you've now got a primary focus on. So um, with that, we'll get you back on the show again to share some more insights here. I think this has been great. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-A-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.